What's up, everybody? This is the Trump and Truth Podcast, episode number two. Yeah, we made it. Yeah, so um, <laughs> we're just going to dive right in. Allie's going to have the driver's seat tonight. She's going to talk to you guys about Jonah. Uh, she's really felt it in her spirit <laughs> to give you some whale some whale talk. <laughs> some whale tales. <laughs> some whale tales. So, anyways. Thanks for the intro. That's Go ahead. Um, so, yeah, in my studies this week, Jonah's been on my heart. Um, for those of you who, I mean, even if you have grown up in your church, if you haven't grown up in church, you know the story of Jonah. Jonah's the one that gets... Everybody knows yeah, Jonah. Swallowed by the whale, gets spit up, um, flees from God. That's the Jonah that we're going to talk about today. Not Jonah Hill. No. <laughs> Jonah of the Bible. Um, Jonah is a book in the Old Testament. It's only four short chapters long. In my Bible, it's about two and a half pages. So it's not very long, but it's a good book and there's lots of good meat in Jonah as well. So just a little backstory about Jonah. Um, Jonah was a man connected to God. It says in the first chapter that um, the Lord spoke to Jonah. And I find it funny that the first like big bolded thing says, Jonah flees the presence of the Lord. (laughs) And when I started reading that today, I'm like, oh, how that is true. Like we all, as Christians, we flee from the presence of the Lord all of the time. Oh, yeah. We should be running to God, not from God. Yep. And so Jonah is just a, a great example of how we all act in our everyday life. He um, was told by God to go to Nineveh. Um, we're told that Nineveh is a great city and that they're doing all sorts of evil, nasty, gross things against God. Um, It says that they had idols, all these things that they shouldn't have been doing. And God said, hey, Jonah, I want you to go call them out. (laughs) And that kind of funny in today's kind of woke Christian culture, it's like mean to call out evil. Like, Mm -hmm. oh, you're just hating. You're just being a jerk for Jesus. You know, all these, you know, whatever things. And I mean, how how many times in the Bible is God like, hey, go call them jokers out? Yeah, almost every single, you know, major and minor prophet and everything in the New Testament is calling people out for their sins against God. Absolutely. <laughs> and yeah. Jonah's no exemption from that. <laughs> yeah. He's so. one of the main dudes. So um, what does Jonah do when he gets called? He says, mm, no, <laughs> I'm going to go the opposite way of Nineveh. So he tries to hop on a ship going to Tarshish, which is a completely different way. He wants to go away from the presence of the Lord. So God says, you're not listening. And he throws a great wind on the sea and the ship is getting all sorts of torn up and broken up. And all the guys on the ships were terrified. And they all cried. It says they all cried out to his God. His Lo- own God. Yeah, his own God, lowercase g. So they were not talking about the God of Abraham. They were crying out to what they thought would save them. Other idols. Yep. Other exactly idols. what Jonah was going to call out mm-hmm. in Nineveh. Yep. Was on the very ship that he was trying to escape the presence of the Lord from. Um, so I think that's just super interesting. And it, it also says in there that. Um, they, all the men on the ship had talked about like why they were on the ship and who they were and all this stuff. So they, they know that Jonah is fleeing his God. That's after. Yeah. 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 And so, um, Jonah was actually sleeping in the cargo hold on the bottom of the ship and this, all these things are going on. And so they run down there and like, how are you asleep, dude? Wake up. (laughs) Like all these things are going, going wrong. Perhaps you have a God um, that will help us not to die. Like none of our gods are answering obviously because they're not real. Mm -hmm. And so, um, I, when I read that, it just clicked in my mind. What do you mean you sleeper arise and call out to your God? I think that's a great reminder to all of us to not sleepwalk our way through lives. I think a lot of the times we get in the motions of 
going through the motions and we just get in routine. And for me, that was kind of God saying, wake up, you know, call out to me, whatever you need, I can, I can answer it. I can fulfill it. Yeah, isn't there a, there's a several other instances where there's storms and weather mm-hmm. going on and well, know, even when you Jesus know, calmed the storm, it wasn't the storm that woke him up. It wasn't the waves. It wasn't the wind. It wasn't the rain that woke Jesus up when he was sleeping. It was the cry. Yeah crying out of his disciples yeah, and to save, to save them. Yeah. So, yeah. So it's same, same thing here. They were asking Jonah, Hey, wake up. And maybe the God that you worship will save Isn't us. kind of funny. Like the storm didn't wake him up. <laughs> no. The other dudes woke him up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah crazy. And so, um, uh, they figured out like something's going on. There's this evil upon us. So let's cast lots and figure out who among us is because of this evil. And so the, the lots fell on Jonah And so they said, okay, why, like, what's going on? Why is all this evil stuff happening? And so Jonah told them, you know, he's like, I'm a Hebrew. I fear the Lord, the God of heaven who made the sea and the dry land. And they were exceedingly afraid and say, okay, we need to get you off this hit, off the ship. And so he's like, okay, pick me up, hurl me into the sea, and then the sea will quiet down for you. So the men, they kind of felt guilty about that. And they were like, "Mm, okay, okay. And they called out to the Lord and said, Lord, let us not perish for this man's life and lay not on us innocent blood for you. So they're saying, please don't kill us. We're going to throw this man overboard. Don't be mad at us. Pretty much. (laughs) And so they, they feared the Lord because they threw him in and the sea immediately ceased. It stopped raging. And so they... Wait, wait, it it immediately ceased? Yep. Ceased Ah, from raging. So it didn't like take an hour a day... Mm -hmm. Immediately. Yep. Just like every single miracle that Jesus performed, it... Johnny on the spot. Yep. Immediately. He spoke and things happened. Yep. And so the men, they feared him. They offered a sacrifice to the Lord and they made vows. So they they realized real quick, which God is, oh, is the yeah. real God. They realized real quick that the gods that they were serving were just a bunch of punks. <laughs> <laughs> and they weren't real. Man-made idols. Yeah, they were just fake. Fake news. Mm-hmm. You fake news. <laughs> so moving on to the part that you guys have probably all heard about the great fish swallows jonah so the lord appointed a great fish to swallow up jonah and jonah was in the belly of the fish three days and three nights so um in different oh yeah later down on in chapter two it talks about the name of the fish and it's actually sheol s-h-e-o-l and so i did some research on that and the hebrew word for sheol means um like home of the dead grave you know different dark place yeah dark place meanings like that and so some people interpret it as you know potentially this could be jonah dying or this is just a parable for Jesus dying and raising from the dead three days later. There's lots of interpretations of that, but we're not going to go into it. Well, him being in the (laughs) belly of the fish, quote unquote, for three days and three nights is symbolic Uh, to Jesus's death, burial, and resurrection. Yes. That's what I was trying to say. (laughs) You did. I just kind of helped you a little bit. So one part that really struck me, this is the main point that I want to kind of go about Jonah, is when he was in the belly of the fish, he's in the darkest of the deeps. He's alone. He's by himself. He has no other place to go turn or anything what does he do jacob calls out to god and does what he uh prays (laughs) he prays and so i want to read um in chapter two it starts to chapter two verse two it calls it lists out the prayer that jonah prayed in the belly of the fish um i think this prayer is really helpful um i've read it multiple times when i've been in distress and god has answered my prayers so maybe it'll give someone some hope 
I called out to the Lord out of my distress, and he answered me. Out of the belly of Sheol I cried, and you heard my voice. For you cast me into the deep, into the heart of the seas, and the flood surrounded me. All your waves and your billows passed over me. Then I said, I am driven away from your sight, yet I shall again look upon your holy temple. The waters closed in over me to take my life. The deep surrounded me. Weeds were wrapped around my head at the roots of the mountains. I went down to the land whose bars closed upon me forever. Yet you brought up my life from the pit, O Lord my God. When my life was fainting away, I remembered the Lord, and my prayer came to you and to your holy temple. Those who pay regard to vain idols forsake their hope of steadfast love. But I, with the voice of thanksgiving, will sacrifice to you what I have vowed I will pay. Salvation belongs to the Lord. And the Lord spoke to the fish, and it vomited Jonah out of out upon the dry land. <laughs> so, I mean, there's so many things in there, like... Oh, it's just like a... He's at the lowest of low. Mm-hmm. You know, shield, darkness, death. He's, you know... And there's so much good, um, like figurative speech in there, like the deep surrounded me. I mean, it might've not been figurative to him, but weeds were wrapped around my head at the roots of the mountains. Like I'm sure at some point in your life, you felt that you felt the low, so low, just as wrapped up and consumed as you can in your own guilt and your own sin and everything that Satan is trying to tell you. But God is still there. He brought up my life from the pit. When my life was fainting away, I remembered the Lord. And so it's just such a good reminder, no matter where you're at, you could even be in the belly of a fish and God's still there with you. He's still going to hear every single bit of your prayer. Salvation belongs to the Lord. So whatever you need saving from, God can save you from that and keep you from your bondage. Amen. So that is um, the end of verse, end of chapter two, and it goes on in chapter three. Jonah finally makes it to Nineveh. <laughs> he finally listens to the Lord a second time, and uh, he goes to Nineveh. And the whole city itself, it says, was three days' journey. So think about how big that city must have been, how many people lived in that city. Um, and... Jonah did exactly what God God called him to do. He said, in 40 days, Nineveh is going to be overthrown. The people of Nineveh believed God. They called for a fast and put on sackcloth from the greatest of them to the least of them. So not only did he do what he was told, but the people listened. (laughs) Can you imagine that today? Walking through like a big city, I don't know, like St. Louis, Kansas City, whatever. A, A big city like that, walking through it, claiming the people that they're sinning. Yeah, like, hey, y'all got 40 days. Yeah. You better get right because mm-hmm. God's going to shut it down. <laughs> because of all this. I mean, honestly, all this sin that's going on, people would laugh at you. They spit in your face. They call you. Oh, yeah. It wouldn't be like you were going into the uh, synagogues. No. You weren't going to go to the churches and tell me. Like, you're going to the bars. You're going to the strip joints. You're going to. Yeah. You know, these people were, you know, ate up with sin and sexual immorality and all kinds of stuff. So it wasn't like he was like. Going in, gonna have a picnic. Tell them, hey guys, you know, I'm your bro and all that. But God told me to tell you this. It's cool. Do whatever you want. You know. No, he went in there and he called them all out. And he said, "Repent, or you're gonna be destroyed, or God's gonna cut you down." Yeah, absolutely. And so, uh, what did they do? They immediately they believed God. They called for a fast and put on a sackcloth. And I think that's super important. Several times in the New Testament. Um, Old Testament, you mean? No, in the New Testament, when Jesus is saying, you know, certain things have to be done through prayer and fasting. That's what they called for. They called for a fast. They put on sackcloth and they repented. 
So the word, it reached the king as well, the what Jonah was saying. And so the, the king immediately, he removed his robe, he put on a sackcloth, he sat in ashes, and he did the same thing. He said, okay, listen, guys, we've we we got to listen to God. We've got to repent. What we are doing is wrong. And so God relented of the disaster that he said he would do to them. He didn't do it. He saw their hearts. He saw their the, the pureness of their repentance, and he didn't destroy them. And so what does that do to Jonah? That makes him mad. Oh, yeah. He's like, seriously, man? <laughs> I went through all of this, you know, and... Yeah. I finally, I finally got here. I did what you told me, and you're not even gonna destroy them after all the thing bad things that they did. And, and the hell you took me to and <laughs> out of to get here. Mm-hmm. And so, um, I'm gonna wrap it up with the end of chapter four, um, when God kind of shows Jonah a parable. Um, and so I'll just start in four verse five. Jonah went out of the city and sat to the east of the city and made a booth for himself there. He sat under it in the shade till he should see what would become of the city. Now the Lord God appointed a plant and made it come up over Jonah that it might be a shade over his head to save him from his discomfort. So Jonah was exceedingly glad because of the plant. But when dawn came up the next day, God appointed a worm that attacked the plant so that it withered. When the sun rose, God appointed a scorching east wind and the sun beat down on the head of Jonah so that he was faint. And he asked that he might die and said, it is better for me to die than to live. But God said to Jonah, do you do well to be angry for the plant? And he said, yes, I do well to be angry, angry enough to die. And the Lord said, you pity the plant for which you did not labor, nor did you make it grow, which came into being in a night and perished in a night. Should I not pity Nineveh, the great city in which there are more than 120,000 persons who do not know their right hand from their left and also much cattle? And that is the end of the book of Jonah. It ends with a question. Yeah, it ends kind of abruptly and with a question. But I think that's, um, it's God wanting us to kind of be like, huh, what, what just happened? And reread it and soak it in and figure out what he's trying to tell us in this awesome passage. So Jonah went out and God put a plant to keep him comfortable. And he destroys that plant. He sends a worm to destroy the plant and... Um, so this, the wind and everything scorched down on him and Jonah's like, I want to die. It's better for me to die than to live. And basically, you know, I see it as Jonah being so selfish. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, um, God made a plant to cover shade Mm -hmm. for him and then he'll send a worm and ate it in one night. Yeah. And Jonah's more concerned about a plant than he is the salvation of an entire city. He's so mad that that plant withered and died that he yeah. wanted to die. <laughs> it, it makes me want to like smack him in the head. It's like, dude, you, you've seen like three really awesome miracles mm-hmm. in a short amount of time. Yep. And you're concerned about a plant keeping shade off your head, which was a miracle. He grew a plant big enough to cast shade to keep you comfortable and then sent a worm to eat that same plant in a night. Yeah. That doesn't happen. That's Ever. contrary to nature. Like, it's, <laughs> that's not natural. Yeah. So you, the plant miracle. Well, there might even be four miracles because you got calming the storm in the mm-hmm. seas, him basically being in the belly of a fish, whether you think he was actually in the fish or not, he's yeah. dead, alive, whatever, still a miracle. Then the plant thing we're talking about. And then a whole city, a whole great city. Repents. Repents. And turns away from their evil ways. Uh, and, and it says there's at least 120,000 persons. So that's huge. So that's, that's a lot of it. people. Yeah, way bigger and, than And what? all of them people repented. 
Dude, you couldn't get like 150 people in Springfield <laughs> to just drop to what just they're drop doing. Drop a new name and pen. Yeah. Yep. Right? But mm-hmm. 100, that's like, those are some big ticket miracles. And he's concerned about a plant yeah. and his comfort over the salvation of a city. Well, it, I mean, he, he's even kind of mad at God for forgiving the sins because he's like, really? I did all of these things and you're you're not even going to cast judgment or send a little bit of wrath yeah. <laughs> for all like, the things that they were doing? He's like, Jonah, okay, you ran from me. You didn't listen to me. I showed you my love and compassion and power. I gave you comfort and you're still, you still don't get it. Yeah. What's yep. the matter with you, boy? Well, and then, I mean, I think it's such a tribute to who God is. When he says, should I not pity Nineveh, the great city in which there are more than 120,000 people? Like he says, you pity this plant. You didn't even make it. You didn't make it grow. Shouldn't I not pity the, you know, the human life that I created in my own image? Like, I, I love them. I want them to be saved right. and to repent. That's the whole point. <laughs> yeah. And as much as we want to be mad at Jonah, we're all Jonah oh, to yeah. some extent. Oh, we, yeah. We're all selfish and stupid at more times than not. Yeah. You know, it's just Jonah's deals documented and ours isn't <laughs> yeah. Jonah's stories out there for the whole world to read and ours is private and personal. Yeah. I think we can all attest to a specific time in our life where we have, you know, finally given into what God's asked us to do and we do it. And then we see another person, you know, being a rocket ship for God and, you know, getting all of these things and repenting. Or seeing and- someone that you thought, was undeserving of yeah. blessings and, and it makes you mad because uh, you thought, well, why did they get all these blessings and, you know, their city restored or their life restored or whatever when I've been doing all this and I've been and me and I and I and me. And it's like, dude, like the world don't revolve around you. And they're my children too. Like that's my child too, yeah. is what God's saying to us. Absolutely. So that is the short four chapters of Jonah. (laughs) I hope you guys learned a little bit more about Jonah and the whale. Um, I know that I definitely did more than I got out of Sunday school, for sure. Um, But Jonah is a great book if you ever want to read a little bit more into it. I tried to kind of give you guys the roundabout lessons of everything. Um, Yeah, I think the biggest thing is, is like, try not to be a Jonah. (laughs) Like, don't run from God. Mm-hmm. You know, don't be asleep. Don't be like, asleep. Wake up. Yeah. Um, and have compassion mm-hmm. for people because, you know, there's, like right now, there's like 7.8 billion people that walk the earth. Yeah. And everyone that will be born and everyone that has been born, Jesus Christ died for every single one of them. Mm-hmm. I think that ties back to our last podcast about the Great Commission. Like, it's our it's our job to tell people who are undeserving just like we are about Jesus. Like everyone's a Nineveh. This whole entire, you know. You know what's kind of crazy too is like I wish the story continued because, like, it doesn't say anything about Jonah being able to convert people based off of his experiences yeah. with God about being in those low situations and having God basically show these awesome miracles yeah. in his sight. You know? Yeah. I mean, think about being in the belly of a fish like that in and of itself for three, three days, days and three right? nights. You're like, Oh, I'm dead for sure. Like, I'm not getting out of here. But what did he do? He prayed he, and he fasted because he couldn't eat anything. I mean, he was in the belly yeah. of a whale. Oh, <laughs> Wouldn't be very good food. That's for sure. Um, I do have a song that ties into this passage. It's kind of funny because Jonah is all about running away from God, and this mm. song is all about running to God. Oh. So it's called Run to the Father by Cody Carnes. Um, 
pretty good. I heard it a couple weeks ago and thought, man, that that's a good one. <laughs> We're going to have to put that on, on the podcast for the people to check out. <clears throat> so I'm going to read just a verse and uh, the chorus. So the first verse is, I've carried a burden for too long on my own. I was created to bear it alone. I hear your invitation to let it all go. Yeah, I see it now. I'm laying it down, and I know that I need you. I run to the Father. I fall into grace. I'm done with the hiding. No reason to wait. My heart needs a surgeon. My soul needs a friend. So I'll run to the Father again and again, again and again. Wow. Beautiful. That's so powerful. Yeah, we definitely, that's what Jonah should have done. <laughs> yeah, Jonah's heart needed a surgeon. It was hardened. Mm-hmm. He, couldn't, he didn't show compassion on the people of Nineveh. Yep. And in the beginning, I love how it says, uh, I've carried a burden for too long on my own. Like we all have burdens in our lives that we try and carry by ourselves or we try and fix it with like earthly, like counseling or earthly psychology and all of this stuff. But in reality, the only thing that we need is to hear God's invitation because we all get it. We all get that invitation. Let it all go and see it now that he's there for us and just run to him. There's nothing better. Oh, yeah. That's, that's it. It's redeeming. It's, um, what's it called when you just let it all go? <laughs> that feeling. Let go. I don't know how else to explain it. Uh, it's like a, a heavy weight lifting off of when you finally just like drop it and let it go and let God take care of it. Yeah. It's a feeling like no other, and I hope that... It's kind of like a dam breaking. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. like, everything just kind of flows out. Ironically, there's probably a lot of tears that go, <laughs> go mm-hmm. with letting down burdens as well. For sure. Yeah. So, no, that's a good song. Good job. You bet. Okay, well, I guess I'll, uh, I'll close out in prayer, yeah. and uh, we'll send you guys on your way. <clears throat> Father God, thank you for another opportunity to speak love and truth and your word to all the people listening. I pray that you bless everyone involved in this podcast and everyone listening online. And I, uh, I just pray that we can all be just wrapped up in your love and your truth. And uh, I pray all these things in Jesus's name. Amen. Amen. Good night, everybody. Good night. <laughs>